Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of In the Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino here with Anthony Piniello and Chris Martelli. Better start off with some uh, extremely, extremely difficult news for Washington Capitals fans. He's getting Kuznetsov got caught hitting the slopes in a <laughs> drug test. He uh, said in the past, when uh, earlier in the year, a video came out saying that there was cocaine in the room, and he said he never touched it. He left when there was drugs there. Out come the World Championships, and what happens? Like positive, hot testing for friggin' cocaine. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Because uh, apparently now he's a he's going to be in a, some drug testing program. He's banned for four years. I always used to joke about, like when they won the cup two years ago, I joked about, oh, Ovi, you know, he's Russian. He finally got his moment. Let him enjoy it. He's probably doing cocaine. I just like I joked about that. But I guess it wasn't a joke to Kuznetsov. He uh, he wanted to really do it. Uh, he was amped after he won the Stanley Cup. He used that as his cover-up, which is pretty funny. And then I love how confident he was. He's like, yeah, give me a drug test. I'll pass it. And then, of course, we saw after the World Championships, he failed a drug test and tested positive for cocaine. Now, how Bettman kind of takes this, you could kind of argue. You could either easily say... Well, he could get some help and like see where it could go. Or you could be the, a realist and say, don't ever do that again. If you do it again, I will ban you in the NHL. I'll suspend you indefinitely. Kind of like what what happened with Voinov. Like what he did, yes, like it sucked, but like you can't control it. Kind of like in this case, it's all on Kuznetsov. I'm not going to say it's all mental health or health issues. None of that shit, man. He just won a Stanley Cup. He's probably just He was probably just very excited and... Yeah, probably didn't give a fuck at the time. As someone that is very big on the world championships, being a Canadian, which is rare, I just love this punishment. And that's all I'm going to say about this situation. It's just, they they look at cocaine as like a drug sub. Like, it's not a performance enhancement drug. Like, remember what we saw a couple years ago with Backstrom? Uh, he couldn't play in the finals. He still hasn't gotten his silver medal from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, for, uh, he, allergy medication. Yeah, for medication that he, he couldn't play. They banned him for the last game, which to me is still absurd. I don't really know the whole story behind that. But this is a completely different story. You're taking cocaine. It doesn't, enha- it doesn't enhance your performance. But damn, man, it's a terrible drug. And you should not be taking that. Any circumstance, you're a professional athlete. And you know what? I think Gary Bedman really doesn't give a shit at the end of the day. He's, he sees it as, well, he wasn't doing it when he was in the NHL playing. So I wish him the best and I hope he gets treated and all this. But like for now, we're just going to ban him from the world championships. And I think that's really the only punishment he could really give him, which is kind of hilarious. But I just yeah. hope he's not like Mike Richards and all those guys in L.A. a couple of years ago. I went downhill real fast. Very fast. And, uh, you know... NHL's drug testing, if there even is any, is a joke when you think about it. Like, Bill Daly and uh, Gary Bettman are saying that, you know, cocaine is not really a performance enhancer. We'll let it slide. So I wonder how many other guys in the league are hitting the slopes this time of year, maybe during the season. It's probably very, pretty like, high. You see Nate Schmidt when he was saying about drug testing when that idiot got popped for whatever he was doing. And he said he got tested twice. During the season, this is a professional league, and he's saying he got tested <laughs> twice. There's some insurance companies that test more than that, and I don't know what is going on for NHL players. I don't know, like Kuznetsov could be the only one. I doubt it, but for cocaine use in the NHL, it's like a Scarface level where it's like all over the place. Everyone's just snorting all that stuff, and they need to change something. They need. I bet if like Usada or Wada came in to the NHL. We'd probably be seeing one-on-ones. I just think now that the league's getting younger, they definitely have to crack down on this because guys that get excited to win a cup at a young age. Like, I can only imagine what maybe a Tyler Sagan would have did like when he won the cup and no one's really saying anything. I'm not really pointing fingers at Sagan or anything. I'm just saying when you're young and you're successful, you really don't give a shit in the moment. You're going to do whatever it you, you know do whatever you want, but... In this case, you know, even Bettman now, like moving forward, he just said, yeah, we're just going to do regular testing with Kuznetsov in training camp. It's like that really doesn't really do anything. If he's going to keep doing it, he's just going to come clean when these tests come. And then after he'll just do it again. Call the coach here. Can you pee in this cup for me for just two seconds? Go bring it to the lab. 
Like if it's a That's scheduled if it's a scheduled testing, he's obviously gonna not do it. But if it's like out of the blue, like I feel like they should do that at least three times a year with all all athletes, just re- like a random yeah. testing. Like oh yeah, just just you know just for shits, we'll do it. So what do you think would be a, a suitable punishment for this then, if they were to like cut some NHL games off, Kuznetsov? Um, like twenty games. Yeah, I would I would make it pretty. I would defense. I would yeah. make it really harsh. I would make it. Like spread a message. Like let's say the first twenty games, second half a year, forty-one games, and then and third time that's it. Yeah. Third time, <laughs> yeah, just do suspension indefinitely, and then see what happens. But yeah, it's it really sucks because Kuznetsov he's really skilled, and you kind of don't expect that from a guy like him. I know he's Russian, and there's that whole conspiracy theory with that, but I don't really want to get into that. That's some shaky water. Yeah, like cocaine's a banned substance. Yeah, in the world, and even though if it's not a performance enhancer, you're on ice with skates like blades how do you know if he comes in high as a kite one day decides to take a skate off and just go wild so they gotta regulate that and wwe even has a stricter testing than the nhl so you know that's a problem when wwe who's like connected with other stuff is more strict on their athletes performers than the nhl is and it's a professional league yeah i just think bill daly and batman moving forward need to they need to do something different and it's it, it is a big deal, like especially in a professional league. You can't be bringing drugs into any league. Yes, we all have our demons. We all have those moments where we want to like, you know, be adventurous, you know, try something different. But when you're an athlete, you really can't like that. This is your life. You've you you become a pro athlete for a reason to be successful, be athletic, you know, just carry your country. And even in this case, he did it while he was, um, you know, supporting Russia. And that's just you you don't do that man and yeah like i i still think the punishment is not enough like you could okay four years big whoop like he's he's in russia every four, what two years four years like the nhl players don't even go regardless but the world championships it is every year so i don't even know if it's even a big deal for him because nhl players always turn down the championships i think for canada and the states it's really like an irrelevant tournament but over there it's like it's like the World Cup every year. No, but I know, but I feel like Russia is now getting more players where it's like we don't, we really don't have to worry yeah, as true. much. So, yeah, yeah Kuznetsov, I don't really know uh, if he's going to take the four-year ban for the World Championship seriously. But, yeah, I think Batman should be like, you know what? If this happens again, half the year, you're out. You're done. So, yeah, they got to they gotta crack on that right away. Think anyone else, like other drugs are in the league? You know, Nate Schmidt, when he got called with like the cheap stuff think how many percentage of players you think are you know right in their arms (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man uh i mean i hope not a lot but you never know you never they would say bigger faster stronger players in the nhl must know a nice percentage of them are uh, hitting the sauce (laughs) and the slopes But, like, there's a difference, too. Like, I remember when uh, the D'Angelo Russell case came up in the NBA when he was carrying weed. And, like, oh, everyone yeah. everyone made it, like, a big-ass deal. It's like, well, weed is illegal still, like, where he was. But it's not as bad as cocaine. And yeah. if you're carrying cocaine or doing cocaine on your own terms, you know, in the private, privacy of your own home, don't record it. And don't <laughs> post it on the Internet. Just, I don't know. That's my tidbit to Kuznetsov. Next time, just kind of be a little more private with it. But... Yeah, just if you're an athlete, just don't even do that shit. Yeah, drugs are bad, kids. Yeah, just stay in school. <laughs> drugs are bad. Been saying that for years. But yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. Poor guy with the slopes. Hope, uh, hope he gets well soon because uh, he has to undergo some testing, whatever that means. But yeah, now we're going to move into wrestling. Um, AEW All Out, All Elite, August 31st is Saturday. Wow, man, that, that's fucking flown. I remember we were talking about this, like, oh, yeah, it's in, like, two months, and it's here already. So the first match that I want to get into, Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. We saw them. Was it the last pay-per-view or two pay- the, the intro? I remember seeing them. Who, who do you think is more, like, the more, um, the more valuable to AEW right now? I, I want to say Private Party. Uh, I just feel like they're the future. Uh, over the other two like everyone knows Jack Evans you know him he's he's around 40 years old he still looks like he's in his 20s he's still doing flips like he's just fresh out of wrestling school Uh, but I I feel like when you look at private party 
that's going to be like a main piece for their tag division for the next few years. So the match will be amazing. I still think it can go either way, but long term, I think private party they have their eyes on. Do you guys want to see a private party versus street profits? They do have some familiar stuff with their <laughs> promos and everything. That's why I like private party going over in this. They're the future. Exactly. I like that too. Um, do you see private party kind of facing like a SoCal at like a next event kind of to put them over even more? I would ho like hold off on it maybe when they're on TV and start building them more each week. But I think right now, slow build and then maybe December, January, you start putting them with like the Young Bucks and SCU and those teams and more programs where they're one of the focal points, but I don't want them to be that centerpiece of the tag division just yet. So we all say that they win? Okay, sounds great. Uh, next match we have is the 21-woman Casino Battle Royal. Um, I don't really know the, sh the, the females in it. I assume it's the whole division. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> I've always thought that Britt Baker is like the superior woman in the, on this roster. So I'm just going to go with Britt Baker winning this, baby. <laughs> is this for the title or like what's going on with this? Like stipulation. The winner of this match will contest for, I think, the women's title, the first show. Against uh, October no October 2nd. So it's going to probably be a surprise who that... I'm telling you right now, I'm, it's going to be the winner of this, and it's just going to be Brandy Rhodes. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all. When Brandy Rhodes wins a title. Yeah. That's what uh, I... Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, go Britt Baker then, winning this. If that's the case where she's going to get the number one contender, it'll probably be Britt Baker. I only hear Britt Baker and Awesome Kong, but for me, I'm still vouching for B Priestley because I honestly think she's the best in that division. And uh, soon everyone everyone will see that. But for now, we'll go with Britt Baker because, uh, yeah, the way she's being built, it seems like she's the main focal point of that division. So let her have it. She's probably not the best, but she has the all she has all the tools. She's probably the most complete out of all of them. So. Britt Baker versus Brandy Rhodes is probably what's going to happen October 2nd. I'm going to call that now. Uh, next up we have is, Ry I don't know how you say these names, Ryo and Hikara Shida. I don't really know these two. I know Rio. I think we saw them in that six-man tag in the first um, the first pay-per-view that AEW did. Good stuff here. I, I, I remember watching that, and that was really hard-hitting. And you always say that, like, the... People in New Japan, you know, they're very hard-hitting and they're very <laughs> – they just do it. Like, they don't give a shit. They're very, very tough. And, uh, yeah, they don't sugarcoat anything. So uh, I don't really know who's going to win this. I think I'm going to go with uh, Rio. She's, I think, undefeated still. And uh, I don't know. Is she, like, a part of, like, the tag division? If there's going to be a women's tag division, I think she's going to be a big focal point there. I really don't know what this match is really for. Um, I don't know where they're going to be positioned when they go on TV, but I guess it's just another fun singles match. Who do you guys have winning this one? Yeah, I got Rio. Same thing. Just the way they showcased more uh, in-ring work, I think Rio comes out on top. She's like a Kyrie Sane, looks, she looks like. Similar. She's uh, She was the girl that Kenny Omega trained with when she was uh, coming up as a teenager as a wrestler. That's the one person that Kenny would always request to be with when they did the intergender matches. Awesome. But uh, I'm going to take Sheeta in this one, just to, just to mix it up. But this should be a fun little match, probably like in the middle of the card, just for like a 20-minute break from all of the, the main storylines that they're doing on, you know, being the elite and all that. So this should be a breath of fresh air. Up next we, had is, uh, we have is the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. The winner of this match will get a first-round buy in the tournament. It is, of course, the best friends versus the Dark Order. Who do you guys have winning this one? Oh, man. I want to say the Dark Order. Uh, they're still kind of an unknown to, like, the mainstream uh, audience. I just I love the way they debuted, uh, and they've been pretty hot ever since. They won the match at the Fighter Fest, uh, the last pay-per-view they did, the charity event. I mean, yeah, just like the other tag match, like, it can go either way for me, but this is going to be awesome either way. And, yeah, I think I'm going to give it to the Dark Order. I'm going to go, like, off the board here. I'm going to say the Dark Order wins, but in a squash. Oh. To really set them over because a lot more people might be watching All Out as opposed to that like uh, charity one that they did. This probably has more attention towards it with Jericho on it wrestling. So I'm going to go squash for the Dark Order. Yeah, I just don't see the best friends winning this. I feel like when 
a tag team is more of a priority. It's just how it is, and it's the dark order right now, and the best friends are kind of just, they're in limbo, and uh, they probably appreciate that role, so I'm just going to go with the dark order winning this. Um, I could easily see the Dark Order maybe even winning this whole tournament and facing uh, the Lucha Brothers down the line, uh, kind of. Because the Lucha Brothers, they are the faces, right? Am I correct? Or are the Young Bucks the faces? I think they're... Are they both? Or? Hasn't uh, really been a... Yeah. There's really no they're such thing as heels or faces, I don't think, in this company. I think we're still starting out in the... Yeah, like, I, I could easily see the Lucha Bros being the faces and the Dark Order being the heels, and then they can go at it in future programming, so... We'll go with the Dark Order winning this one. Up next we have is, uh, I love these guys, Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen, Triple Threat. Who do you guys think wins this one? This one should be really fun. Someone's going to die. <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be hard. I'll give it to Darby Allen. Uh, I saw the match against Cody. That's really all I'm going off of because I haven't seen anything from him. Uh, but, like, you look at these three and they're all kind of similar and and their styles and the, the, the build-up to this match has been the funniest thing because it's something totally irrelevant, and then they all just come into the shot and fucking killing each other. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it to Darby Allen, but this should just be a 15-minute hardcore sprint. Yeah, it's going to be very violent. Uh, I'm going to go with Joey Janela just because uh, he was a trooper in that match with Dean Ambrose, or sorry, John Moxley. Uh, the thumbtacks and all that stuff. He's crazy. I think the Rapam for that performance and give him this one. Yeah, all I'm going to say is I don't think Jimmy's winning this one. I think he – I don't think he's winning this. Uh, you make a you make a good point with Darby Allen. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of him, but I feel like he's a big focal point for AEW in the future. But so is Joey Janela. I think Joey Janela is another guy where they look at him and they already put him against John Moxley. That's definitely saying something about where they have him. So, yeah, all these guys are kind of wackos and uh, – this is probably going to be the most extreme match on the night. Maybe not. Maybe Sean and Cody, but yeah, I'm going to go with Jimmy. I'm I'm going to go with uh, Joey Janela winning this. I don't see uh, Darby Allen winning, but he will probably get his moment soon. Uh, next is Cody versus Sean. Who do you guys have winning this one? The I love the they, I love yeah. the pro. I love the, the build, build for this. Up has been amazing. I'm so, like, just imagine like a few years ago when we were talking about Ty Dillinger in WWE. Like, this guy's going to be in a main event spot in a few years. We were like, yeah, okay. Sure. Where are you going with that? Ten. Relax <laughs> there with the – he's not going anywhere. But now you go in AEW, he debuts, hits Cody with a chair, busts him open, brings in Tully Blanchard in to be his manager for the Nature Boys, uh, Four Horsemen. He was a big member of that. And I don't know, this whole heel, Sean Spears, how he just comes out, no emotion. I think he's going to make an example of Cody and a big win at All Out. I think they fight to a draw. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, I really think because it's been getting heated over the last few weeks and the promos and the buildup has been amazing. So I think they're just going to try to kill each other and they lose track of time and then they're both gassed by the end of it and then that's it. And then they can keep <laughs> it going. So I'll stick with that. I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes winning this one. Uh, I don't think I'm going to say clean. I think Brandy's going to come out and do something like distract Sean or something. But this feud is not over. And um, this is probably going to lead to the next pay-per-view and all the way into October. I'm very excited with this. Uh, I don't think it's going to be better than the Goldust match. But I do think it's going to be just as – it could be just as bloody. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think Cody's going to deck him with the chair. I think he's got to get. I got. I think he's got to get back at him, and uh, I just love both these characters. They mesh very well. They have the long history, and it's going to come full circle. And uh, I think Cody Rhodes is going to win. We all said something different there. We did. <laughs> um, then up up next we have is the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in a ladder match for the AAA Tag Team Titles. I think this match is match of the night, but I feel like the expectations are just they're fucking through the roof. I don't think it's going to be as good as their first match they had because that was literally perfect and it was like 41 minutes long so um i'm gonna go with the lucha bros winning this but i am not gonna be surprised if it's not as good as their first time they uh, they met in AEW. yeah i got the lucha brothers winning this and i think the young bucks will eventually fight for the aew tag team titles against the winner of that whole uh tournament and that thing that they got going on but the lucha bros they've been 
losing the title to the Young Bucks, then they got it back. I think this little back and forth where each team gets a win over each other, it's going to end with the Lucha Bros on top. So what happens with this AAA tag titles? They just leave it in the company in AEW, or like, what's going on with that? Because they're going to have their own tag team now. Yeah, I'm assuming it's probably going to go back the other way to Mexico, but it's nice to see them being promoted on a big scale like AEW right now. So are they not going to be in AEW long term? Oh, I don't know. I wish they would release contract uh, statuses more often because you have to dig to see like what everyone's up to, it seems like. Well, Pentagon's a star, so that's my opinion. Phoenix is only, what, like 27? Yeah. And he's still young. But yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I think that the Lucha Bros are gonna win. I I do. I'm one of those guys. I have more expectations for this match because it's the same people. Plus, you have more elements with the ladder match. Yeah. And if you look at the four guys involved, like I don't know how it can't be amazing. So, last second last doesn't matter. I think this will be match of the night for me. Yeah, easily. Um, and then of course Pac versus Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Now with John Moxley out, let's just quickly talk about that. His bi- was it his tricep, bicep, um, the fluid again, same injury. He should be out around four to six months. Um, it really is a shame because he was doing a lot of events, arguably the hottest act in wrestling, and now he's back on the shelf. Um, it's great to see Pac finally come, I guess, to good terms with AEW. Now he's in a face Kenny. This is a dream match for a lot of people. Um, I really don't know who's winning this. I want to say Kenny Omega, but I would not be surprised if Pac pulled out the win. But I'm going to stick with Kenny winning it. Because I did originally have Kenny beating John, too. So Yeah, I think this is going to probably be one of the longest matches of the night. Really back and forth. And Pac is going to look like a dominant guy. But I think Kenny Omega ends up winning this and build some more momentum as he goes on now without John Moxley in the picture. He has to find some other things to do. So maybe this is just the first of many matches with him and Pac. Uh, it's hard for me to see Kenny take a, a second straight singles loss. So re- re- really just for that reason alone. But like I'm trying not to overlook Pac because you know, look at it as a whole. This can be a guy you can you can be like in the top tier of your company for a long time but no one really knows like his contract status, he was just kind of thrown in there last second. The match will obviously be amazing, but for long term, I want to see I want to see Pac right there, and I want to see him beat Kenny eventually. How old is Pac? Like 33? 32, 33. Yeah. And Kenny's like a couple thir- years old. 36 around there. Yeah, they're both they both have a long time to go, and they're all they're both one of the best. So I'm I'm not I'm I'm probably going to be more excited with Pac and Omega than Moxley and Omega, but. Yeah, I, I still have Kenny winning this. I can't see him losing. I Like you perfectly put it, I can't see him losing two in a row. Yes, he lost to Jericho. I didn't think he would lose to Jericho. I thought Omega would actually be, be becoming the first AEW champ, but I was wrong. So uh, it's it's gonna. I think Kenny needs this win, and I think he will actually be the first contender after this match. So I think Kenny's going to get a push. That's my opinion. And then, of course, to close the show, we have the AEW championship on the line. Hangman Page versus Y2J, Chris Jericho. Who wins this one, guys? This is tough because, like, it is a new company. can go either way, but you're going to be on a network, and if Hangman Page were to win, and you got the commercials coming out in September saying, oh, on October, like, 4th, 2nd, that week there, where SmackDown's on on October 4th, and you need something two days before, is it going to sound better with Adam Hangman Page as a world champion of AEW come watch our product? Or is it going to be different if you see oh, see the stars of AEW, including world champion Chris Jericho on TNT? So those NBA commercials are going to come in handy for them. And I think that for that, Chris Jericho wins. But after he wins, CM Punk comes out and challenges him because they got that AEW world title already uh being defended on one of the first few shows so i think jericho and cm punk are gonna eventually go out in aew <laughs> oh my god you know what that is a typical alino it's gonna happen it's, gonna happen. it's happening it's now happening. this guy says columbus sweep in tampa brock with the briefcase oh my god it's happening it's happening guys you heard it alino just said it punk's coming out closing the show yeah so i got page winning <laughs> I'm going to stick with my uh, prediction from fucking when we brought it up months ago. 
Yeah, uh, it's the golden boy in the, the being the elite. It's the young prodigy coming up. He's worked all these years to finally get to this moment. He is all elite wrestling. Chris Jericho with that other company. He just came in last second for an extra paycheck, whatever. Adam Page will take it. First AEW champion. That's my basic answer. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Chris Jericho winning. Uh, you need the more recognizable star, I think, at a at a time now where they're trying to promote the show and they're competing with NXT and they're competing with WWE and TNA and New Japan, all these people, you need to put the belt on the most recognizable star possible, and it is Chris Jericho. Just like you said, all the commercials, oh, yeah, well, we are promoting the AEW champ, Chris Jericho. Come watch him on Wednesday nights, blah, blah, blah. And instead, like people know Jericho more than uh, Hangman Page and – I just think it, it makes more sense if they want to be more successful and they want to compete with WWE and become a lot more mainstream. You need to have Jericho as your champion. And it just – Jericho and Omega already have history. It would just make sense, an easy transition also for, for Jericho. And the only question for me is when if Hangman does lose, I don't really know where he goes after this. Like, I really don't know what direction they would have him go, whether that means he feuds with MJF or he feuds with Sean Spears, or he feuds with someone else. I really have no idea, but... Uh, or Pac. Or maybe Pac. That they were supposed to have. But if you are right with uh, CM Punk coming out, I really don't know if I would want to see Jericho and Punk for the AEW title. Seven years later. When there's guys <laughs> like Omega and Pac and all these guys there, so... And for Punk, too. When was the last time he's been in a ring? Yeah. That's been officially done. 2014. Yeah. So, there will where, be rest. Like, where would you would you have him like debut earlier though? Like, would that take some steam off of? If anything, I would. If anything, I'd probably have Punk come out and cost Cody the match instead of like going in the AEW World Title picture right away. Like, I would. I don't think I would do that. Even though it is in Chicago, and they have all the signs. Oh, look, it's a star. It looks like Punk's trunks. Oh, <laughs> like everyone's saying that, but. I, I wouldn't have Punk come out in the main event. I know him and Jericho have history and all that, but I would just have maybe him cost Cody or someone else, you know, a little little more important because Cody is one of the big guys in AEW. I don't know. That's my opinion. Right. I really don't think he even has to come out. But I'd say the first episode he should come out. Yeah, maybe if the that, first episode. Not the but the pay-per-view. the show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if he, if he actually comes out in the main event and costs, like, Hangman Page and aligns with Jericho, like, that would – <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Holding the belts, just them two. The Best in the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that would work. But yeah, I, I, like five, what was it? It'd be five years since he's been in a ring. So I really don't know what they're expecting of of a Punk if he came back. Obviously, he'd probably be, he's probably been training, but... A few promos, just say anything you want about WWE. What, here's some money, go out there, have fun, and that's it. <laughs> Like, I remember the first pay-per-view I watched. They made it about WWE a bit, like, with the throne and, like, yeah. Cody. I think they got to kind of – they got to go get away from that. Like you said before, like, you can't be like WWE. You got to be the first – you can't be the second WWE. You got to be the first AEW. You got to do things a little differently. What was another company that tried to? And they're kind of not in business oh. anymore. Yeah, WCW. <laughs> And then the one after that, and they're not in business oh, anymore. EECW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, WWE wins all the time. I don't think AEW wants to be like WWE. Um, they just have the more fans or more popular. Just be the first you. And uh, that's all the advice I have for AEW. If you want to bring Punk back, don't put him in the AEW championship picture. As much as I love CM Punk, I would be shocked. I'd be like, is this really a good idea for your company? Like CM Punk in your main event right away. Do you legitimately think, though, that he's going to be coming back to pro wrestling in any form, whatever company, just in general? If he were, it would be with AEW because he's good friends with Cody. Apparently they text all the time, even though Punk has said, like he has denied it. But <laughs> I, I guarantee you he has texted Cody in some capacity, whether that be through DM on Instagram, Twitter, I don't know, like podcasts, you know, there's a shit ton of ways you could communicate now. Yeah. I think he, he's reached out to him at some point and said, it's in your hometown, wherever you will be that day in Chicago, you know where we are. We're at the Sears Center. Just come by whenever you want. And if Punk says sure or says no, man, I'll pass, that's on him. I really don't see him coming, but 
if he does, I mean, that's – we got to see what happens in the near future. But do you really – here's the question. Do you really want to see him come back? Not really. Uh, if he were to come back, for argument's sake, I would love to see him as a mouthpiece for someone. Like I think those days of top-notch, like, tier one uh, performances that he used to put on are – They're done. It's been five, six years since he's been in the ring. He's in his 40s now. His heart's not even – like, he's not invested in pro wrestling really anymore. So if he can come back and just be the charismatic machine that he is and, you know, help try to put someone over, I would love to see that. Who would you have be – who would you uh, have him aligned with if, if he had to align with L- someone? Just literally insert anyone who's average or below average on the mic. So Jungle Boy. <laughs> Well, he's got a nice shit going on with uh, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt. I like that Fuck little that. trio. I'm turn on the and little the, Jungle Boy. Just I know MJF doesn't need it, but imagine CM Punk and MJF. Oh, no, it's fucking with that. After. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's incredible. Or you could have Hangman turn heel here and Punk in a line with Hangman. Uh, I don't know. He's not, that good on, he's not that good on the mic. He's okay, but he's not that good. I think he's similar to Rollins. Like literally, literally promo, he but is. he's never going to... No, yeah. He's, won't, he won't leave you talking. He's not that, that charismatic. That's his, like, main thing. He just goes out and says whatever, and that's it. And, uh, yeah, you can't really be a punk or a Jericho. It's very tough, so... Who are some of the, like, other... Every show so far for AEW, they've had someone come out. They have. And be a part it was of it. Sean. And, and who was the first one? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Pac was, and then after he didn't end up wrestling. It was Pac. He, he made a surprise when he came out. And Jericho. That was a yeah. huge surprise. And then Sean Spears. So, yeah, I guess you could say there's been a surprise, I guess, at every single event. Do you think – who would you like to see be another one? They're going to have to bring in some more names to fill out the roster. Well, in a perfect world, I would have Dolph Ziggler come out and super kick both of them. And then, <laughs> like, that's literally it. But it's, that's not happening. So, yeah, I, I don't really see anyone coming out other than like, – Okay, if this really if this wasn't in Chicago, would we even be talking about punk? No, no. <laughs> so I I really don't know if anyone's even gonna come out. I feel like this is a moment where we're really overthinking it. Just enjoy the show. Just enjoy the match. Don't even anticipate punk coming out. I have Jericho winning the title with that with that elbow he did to finish Omega. Imagine Kazuchika Okada comes out and attacks Kenny Omega. It's like rivalry not over, and boom, leaves. And then he finally def- <laughs> then he finally defends his title for once. The Ooh. fucking city will shut down yeah. if that happens. He never defends his title. That's how it should be. Yeah. Last time he defended it was like June. Would you rather have it all? Oh, uh, welcome to Monday Night Raw. We have a title match later. <laughs> the fuck? Where's the preparation? Where's the build up? So I, I love the way that New Japan carries their titles, just for that reason. I think the big guy Ryback's another name. Oh no! Please don't feed me more. Is he cleared though? <laughs> Uh, that's another one. Probably not <laughs> just yet, but I think eventually he's been he's tight with Cody, so I would love that. I mean, we did see John come out after the first AEW event. It's really not too far fetched to see Punk come out, but and like Impact starts like that are Scarlet Bordeaux, Killer Cross. Uh, Should probably Johnny be in. The, she might be in the in the Battle Royal. They got a lot of names. Everyone's saying Tessa Blanchard recently. I don't know her oh. contract situation. No way. But, uh, there is no way. That. that would be a <laughs> monster fact, get. There is no way. Because if they lose her, that's their That's TNA's that's number one. That's TNA's from. number one. She's she's better than Brian Cage. I'm yeah, sorry. Way better. She's the number one right there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that's all we're going to talk about today with AEW. Now we're going to go back to Raw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is great stuff. Um I just want to quickly talk about what the hell we saw with the tag division uh, with Ziggler and Rude basically storming over every single tag. They beat the Lucha House Party, they pinned the Revival, and they also pinned Heavy Machinery to win the tag team turmoil to face Strowman and Rollins at Clash of Champions. Are you guys excited with this newly formed team? Is it kind of out of nowhere? And are the tag team titles, is that a given at this point for them? Uh, it was out of nowhere. It was just kind of popped up on the screen last second. And we're like, oh, okay, they're both doing nothing. They're both 40 and good looking. Throw them together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the tag titles, it's weird because it seems like for a month or two, 
heavily invested in them and they have all these great ideas. And then there's a very long stretch when it's just kind of there and everything's thrown together and it looks sloppy. And that was everything last night. And I'm very upset with the tag title situation. <laughs> uh, I think I said it the week, the last week, just when they use the titles to promote something else, it's like, what's the point of having the fucking titles? Yeah. Um, Ziggler, he's a hot act right now. Um, Bobby Roode. He should be. Should be a hot act. I guess he will be now. I just don't understand why the Revival were in this match. They were hot the last, like, three weeks with Orton. And then they just take a pinfall loss. It's like, where is the momentum? Like, you just shot. Like, where was Orton? You shot it. Why are they in this match? Where are the Street Profits with all this? They just lost the tag title, so the Undisputed Era. Where the hell are they? Why are they just promoting the whole show backstage? Really don't understand it. Funny I mean, stuff. they are charismatic, but you gotta inv- you gotta put them in at some point, I guess. Would you have them face Ziggler and Rude for the belts down the line? The Street Profits. Yeah, like that would be. Fun. I, gu- I guess they're not all in with heavy machinery anymore. Like <laughs> I, I don't really know what's going on. But I think they're winning the tag titles at Clash of Champions. I think that's a given because every single title right now is revolved around Strowman and Rollins for some reason. And that's just that's just frustrating. Yeah. I, uh, I can't really see either of them <clears throat> taking the pin, though. Can you yeah. see Dolph pinning Braun? Because it won't be Seth. <laughs> yeah, I can't see that. I just I don't know how that would play out. I would love to see them win the titles and start something new again but like would you would you have the o, would you have the OC come out and fuck up Strowman and Rollins that's an option yeah and then there and then there's the pin that's how you could pin them I guess but yeah very disappointing Alino what are your thoughts don't like it <laughs> I, Eric Young's not doing anything and Bobby Roode and him used to be a great tag team team Damn Canada it. they could have put them together on Raw would have made sense where's James Storm new. Where's beer money at? Yeah, he's NWA. NWA. But, yeah, Bobby Roode, he does have a great track record, though, and he just thrown together with someone. James Storm, that was thrown together. They made it work. Austin Aries, that was thrown together. They made that work. Maybe he has magic with Dolph Ziggler, but ah, I'm just not feeling it. I think this is going – they're going to probably win the titles, but after they lose them, it's going to go south and downhill and – just, it's going to be in the yeah, both of them probably the tech division we know yeah <laughs> i just and uh moving forward we're going to talk about the two king of the ring tournaments that happened we had uh first drew versus ricochet and the result was uh not what i expected ricochet beating drew we saw surprise last week with kevin owens losing to elias um they're i guess they're integrating outside storylines with the king of the ring tournament which to me it, it kind of it's it's good for TV, but it's really frustrating for me as a fan wanting to see. I told Pinello, I said I wanted Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. I would have made that the final, and now they're both eliminated. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on this result? Were you surprised? Um, I know Ricochet is uh, being heavily pushed right now. Drew, I guess, is on the back burner. But overall, what are your thoughts on this result? Yeah, very surprised. I thought Drew would go uh, at least to the semifinals. But, yeah, the match was obviously amazing. It's fucking McIntyre and Ricochet. Uh, but I don't, I'm not upset because I, I love Ricochet so much. And uh, he's facing Joe in the next round. So I can actually see him winning that. And it can just, like, it's basically his career, an uphill battle. He beats the monsters to get to the final. And then you can, you know, you can maybe do something with that. But, yeah, great match. Surprising result. I think there's too much heel versus face in this. I think, like, the whole concept of king of the ring is like anyone can face anyone and it doesn't have to be a storyline i think with this the way they've been building it up is there's too much storyline driven with like baron corbin and the miz and then you have drew and ricochet like i would have liked to seen uh drew come out on top and then face samoa joe because that would have been like something different and you wouldn't know what to expect with that but ricochet samoa joe i think might be a little bit predictable that ricochet goes to the final I'm just surprised because last week we saw Ricochet versus uh, – I mean, uh, we saw Drew versus Cedric. Yeah. And a lot of people thought that Cedric was going to win because he was getting a push and then Drew beat him. 
So I thought for a second there, I'm like, yeah, like these guys could all get pushes, but when you face Drew, you're not beating Drew. <laughs> so that's what I thought here. Like I knew Ricochet was getting a push. He was, he's already been a U.S. champion. And I thought, you know what? That's all fine and dandy, but Drew's going to win. And he actually didn't. Um, so to me, I'm still very surprised. I don't like what you said. Like there's a lot of face heel matchups. Uh, I don't see Samoa Joe beating Ricochet. I agree with you. If that were to be the case, and we'd probably see Samoa Joe Corbin semifinal, and <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see that. Um, who's the other two left? It's Corbin and uh, Corbin. Cedric. Cedric. Yeah, Cedric. He beat Sami Zayn. Yeah. So it's yeah. gonna be but Corbin. Man. It's gonna be Corbin and Ricochet, isn't yeah, it? Definitely. Oh, and on Dan the other Corbin. side, what is it? It's Ali and Buddy tonight. Yeah, that's what. That I think I think Buddy's gonna win that. And beat have. Brian the week before. Oh yeah, and then they have Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. That should be. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Shelton just because uh, Heyman loves Benjamin. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say Benjamin. And at least that's unpredictable. Like that one's know, unpredictable. Yeah, that's like who's gonna come out on that? That okay. one it's kind of more like who gives a fuck? We'll yeah. see. <laughs> well, that'll be a good little technicians going yeah. at it. <laughs> but yeah, what were you guys thoughts on the Miz and Corbin match? I know the Miz, uh, he's kind of been in this feud with Shinsuke, I guess, but. They made Miz look like shit here. Nice springboard, though. Best one he's done. <laughs> it was, uh, I, said, I think I said it before we went on. Just an, an average-style WWE match. Just it, it was fine. It did its job. Yeah, I, no, I don't think anyone saw the Miz winning. Fucking King Corbin probably going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fine. I, I, the thing I love is when you see people kick out of finishers. I love when Corbin kicked out of the skull-crushing finale. That was pretty fun, but other than that, yeah. Um, I think Corbin winning this is a possibility. Kind of, you could you could build it the way that they've done with the best in the world with Shane. It's like I'm the king of the ring. I'm King Corbin, and everyone will just boo him for like a year straight. The king of the ring. It's it's such a heels tournament to win. Like yeah, it's a heel to win. Usually, well, well it also re fucking invents people. Like look at Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> look at King Barrett. Oh, oh my oh, God, man. favorite. King Shemus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, it is a heel tournament. We've seen Brock win it. We've seen Booker T win it. We've seen Barrett win it. We saw Sheamus win it. We saw Regal win it. We just have had all heels win it. Yeah, well, we've seen Stone... Was Stone Cold a heel when he won it? No. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. he was a heel. Oh, my Jake God. Roberts. Oh, my God, okay. When so he was it on is, uh, his Bible... Because... Uh, <laughs> saving him from drug addiction which lasted i don't think too long and then stone cold came out and said thump in your bible and did that 316 line so with the people left are we all predicting that baron corbin is winning king of the ring he's gonna beat ali in the final i think baron corbin i'm, I'm pretty confident that he's at least going to the final i said before either owens or drew that's and what then, i like, said <laughs> <laughs> right like bounced in the first no problem okay it's like every hockey it. playoff pool I do. It's like, I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, whatever happens, it's probably going to be a heel winning. Um, up next we had, it was uh, Bailey beating Nikki Cross. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Did Nikki Cross get enough offense? Do you even care about Bailey? I really don't. I will always care about Bailey. There's no fucking, <laughs> there is no uh, brand split. Who cares? That's it. Like, yeah, I wasn't a fan of this. They should have just copied this and pasted it to SmackDown where it belongs. Not Raw, when you have a SmackDown Women's Champion. Like, why does she have to be on Raw taking on a SmackDown Tag Team Champion? Could have built that up and said, oh, SmackDown Women's Champion takes on a tag champ tonight. But no, no brand split, wild card rule. She's on Raw. No, bl- uh, no bliss either by her yeah. side. It's not like they're a team or anything. No. But yeah, like the Miz and Corbin match, really. Like, it was fine. It was just there. You look back on the show, it's it's one of those things you'll forget. I just feel, okay, now, like, after this segment was the tag thing. But I just want to talk about, they need to rejuvenate this division, like, badly. You Okay, like, you have teams like the Usos, the Revival, the OC, uh, the Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery, the Viking Raiders. They're all there. The Street Profits are even there, and they're not being used, and now you have Ziggler and Rude, a team that was literally just made, facing another team 
that was literally just made for the tag team titles at Clash of Champions. And mind you, one of the champions is your universal champion. Who was so, not on the show last night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember, he was, I thought he was a fighting champion. You know why he wasn't? Because he just <laughs> yeah. got engaged. Uh, well, good for him. Congratulations to him. <laughs> nice little backstage segment yeah. works over. He's the man's man. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I hope they don't put that on TV. They probably will. Okay. Storyline waiting to happen. Well, up next, uh, we kicked off with Sasha Banks, and then we had the Banks-Natalia match. Whatever for me. Um, I like the build, but um, this isn't doing enough for me with Banks just beating Natalia to – you know, get the momentum to face Becky. I really don't see, I don't really see it doing anything. Uh, I got more out of the promo that started the show. The match, again, for the third time, was just kind of there. <laughs> you, you won't remember it. But yeah, I, should, I would recommend to go back and watch the promo. That's about it. Like, did she have to face Natalia again? Jesus. Like, all the time. Couldn't just, even Dana Brooke would have been a different surprise. Like, squash her. Yeah. Mix it up. Throw Natalia in there. Good technician. Five-minute match. <laughs> yeah, up, up next we had good shit. Cedric versus Cesaro and just a one-on-one singles match. And uh, god damn, that was good. Um, I'm really liking Cedric more I watch him. The more and more I watch him week in, week out, I think this guy deserves the push he, he kind of deserved. A lot of people were like, oh, it's out of nowhere. He's not really deserving of it. It's like, well, he kind of carried 205 Live for a while. And we've seen a trend with 205 Live's getting – Guys getting pushes, Cedric, Ali, Buddy. So I guess it's a it's a it's an event. It, it's a recurring theme. And uh, Alexander going over here obviously was going to happen. Say like you say with Cesaro, we look at him. It's kind of like with Sami Zayn. Oh, we love him. He's not winning. He's he's <laughs> he's just not winning. And the thing I hated last night was he came out to no reaction. The like his was garbage. Like like. <laughs> His theme hits, yes, it's kind of a weird theme, and you really don't know what his character is, but, like, there was no reaction. And I'm just like, this guy deserves so much more. Come on. Poor Superman. I think they need Seamus back now. The bar. Bring him back together. Oh, yeah. Or if he can't wrestle, he can be his mouthpiece. Because that's always the fucking answer (laughs) for me. Yeah, it was was a fun match. I loved it, um, but the crowd really brought this rating in this whole match down they were not in it at all it's like watching an indie show you can hear them yell and talk to each other and you can hear the ref talk clearly and like this crowd is actually it's like they're watching a fucking movie and they're at the theaters no one's saying a word i just love the yeah. strength he has he just picks them up and like tosses them like just like off his feet like that's fucked like it's crazy the strength cesaro has and the athleticism that like cedric had just a perfect match the only thing with cedric what his theme music? I'm not a big fan. <laughs> too too babyface. Yeah, like when he comes out, it's like, yay! It kind of kills it. Like I want to see him get something different. <laughs> like so, when you come out, you say, okay, that's a big deal. Not like it's gonna be a cringy babyface when he comes out. Smiled everyone. Like Apollo Cruz got into that. Mm-hmm. That's why he can't get a push because he just comes out. It's like the same. Like Jordan babyface. Miles when we went to oh. fucking NXT. Mm-hmm. This guy comes out the the most basic babyface theme song i've ever heard in my life i'm like I'm watching like what looks like i'm watching treehouse sounds like <laughs> sounds like i'm watching treehouse here and like he's like oh it's like oh my god give me a break see that's the thing i love about aw they don't really tell you who the face of the heel is i think wwe should be doing that yeah it's like like you really don't know like don't don't get a theme song make it all oh happy go lucky and then like like sammy's in like i love his theme and he comes out and he mocks it yeah it's great <laughs> Don't just come out there, have a nice, happy-go-lucky theme, and be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to beat the bad guy. Woo! Yeah, it's, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. But, uh, yeah, that was that was that match. That was fun. And then we had Braun versus AJ in the most predictable outcome ever. Uh, the OC comes out. <laughs> Strowman hits, him with the, hits them with the chair. The ref gets up. I heard it. <laughs> I heard it DQ and that's it and AJ's laughing and then he got his ass kicked too and that he just made the OC look like, like shit Guerrero thing he did I love Throw that the chair and lied down like oh I didn't see anything but I heard it yeah so the match is over <laughs> that makes no sense but I mean it does make sense but really you're gonna end a title match because you heard 
a chair wrestling. But yeah, what were your thoughts on the chemistry between the two? Good stuff. Uh, I really <laughs> just didn't like what happened after. You obviously have to promote Braun because he's taking on Seth for the title, but like... Yeah, they buried the OC. Just dispose the fucking OC. <laughs> and the main guy, who, who's that AJ Styles guy? Yeah, he's the best in the world. That's One, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Already over it. But yeah, I, I don't like how they built it for uh, Clash of Champions at all. Me neither. I love how Strowman even looked at like the U.S. title. It's like, man, you have the tag title and you're going for the universal title. How many titles do you want? You want all of them? I want to talk about that line bot she did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she said the universal championship is probably going to be earlier. Then I'm going to come for that United States title. <laughs> like he thinks it's going to meet up. You know title. why he thinks that? Because AJ Styles has the belt. Ah. There it is. Maybe he thinks AJ's better than Seth. He is, though. He is. Maybe don't have one guy feud for all the Raw titles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm in like WWE 2K13 universe mode, and I'll have one guy win the title and be the biggest heel in the company, just have all the titles. I'm the man. Baron Corbin's going to do that. Oh, it's God. Give it time. Yeah. With the king crown. You know why they're giving him that push? Because he gets the bitches. Oh. Makes him swoon. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember I read that online. It's like uh, Corbin push revealed, like reason. And Vince said, he gets the girls. It's like, <laughs> this well, isn't he dude, is every city's favorite son. This isn't, two thou- this isn't 2000. <laughs> you can't be getting a push because you get the girls swoon and all wet down oh, there. Congrats so on your pretty face. <laughs> yeah. Go in the ring and do something. Oh man. Congrats on your haircut. Because if you didn't have your haircut, you wouldn't be getting bitches. <laughs> Woo! Oh. I remember when he first got the haircut, I'm like, a bald Corman, eh? Let's see how that goes. And then he, he trimmed down. I'm like, okay, it works. Looks like a bartender. Guy looks good. Yeah. A long hair Corman. Oh, I miss that. Good days. <laughs> yeah, when he was the Money in the Bank winner. And then he lost to Jinder. That was a nice cup of tea. Yeah, because uh, John Cena cost him. There's a theme there. There is. John Cena, asshole. <laughs> Did any of you miss John Cena? No. No. <laughs> it's good when he comes out Dr. No. Thugonomics maybe once in a while, but not, not missing him. You hear that, G? No one misses Cena. <laughs> Favorite Cena is 2015, though. Yeah he, yeah, he was good there. Big match John now turning into big match Roman. Where was Roman this week? He wasn't on the show. He didn't actually appear on Raw. Where was Seth Rollins? He wasn't there either. It's okay. It was all about Corbin and all about Strowman. Here we go. Where was and all of, Where was Shane? He wasn't on the show either. I don't know. All I know is I hope that this event, um, it doesn't result in Strowman having four belts at the end of it. <laughs> what would you do if he wins all the belts? And then the next night, Paul Heyman is his new manager. I don't even know. Like <laughs> You wanted Braun to win all the titles and get a push. Now he's getting a push. Deal with it. I'm the one that runs Raw. This is my champion. <laughs> And he just has all belts. Yeah, I can't see that. I just don't want to think about it. They should have pulled the trigger two years ago with him. It's oh. too late now. Now people actually like despise him like you. You never used to despise him. <laughs> now it's like, oh, Strowman. Oh. Okay. It's not him exact. Just the way he's being used. The guy's yeah. a beast and he should deserve everything that comes his way. But like now it's just it's fucking weird. It doesn't make sense. Now he's got all the titles and he's so hot and it's like, why now? Why not back then? Because <laughs> Lesnar oh, had it. God. And he needed him to be strong. So when Roman beats him, it's like the coronation for Roman. <laughs> Brock party. He should have done that. He should have kept that. I don't care what anyone says. Should have had the Brock party. Full year. The oh, shirt man. will always be there at least. I think I might purchase that. <laughs> I might give it to Alino. Oh. Be like, here, wear this. <laughs> And hop up and down. I'll get you a boombox. <laughs> with speakers just blaring. When you're with Barn Burner, like if you meet any of them again, just be like this. Get the logo on it. Biggie would look at you and be like, is this guy okay? I have to do an interview with him? I'm scared. I don't want to interview this guy. Power positive. You'll throw a pancake at me. The freezing. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's basically it for this week's episode. Next week, we're talking about fantasy. Ooh. We're going to do a, a list. Uh, do, what, do you guys want to do wingers, centers, D? We'll start with wingers again. Start with wingers. So our top 10 fantasy wingers of, for this season. Phil Castle, coming up. One. 
There it is. Boom. Patrick K, number one. Don't add me. Woo! Is it Phil? Arizona Phil. Are you kidding me? Who do you, it's Tom Wilson. What are you talking oh, about? Definitely. Of course. Penalty minute leagues. Five million a year. Come yeah. on, man. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson and Brendan Gallagher are the top two for sure. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. Kuznetsov, you got the energy. <laughs> Kuznetsov is not even in the top ten centers. No. Not anymore. Cocaine. Not anymore. Now he was. Yeah. Now he never was. As good as never he was. will be. Oh, now we know where you got all that energy from. Stay at school, kids. Don't do drugs. Let's go. <laughs> good kid. Shout out Don Cherry for that one. Anyways, guys, take it easy. Make sure to listen next week while we do our list. Top 10 wingers. Woo! What's going on? So, Ron, uh, another SummerSlam now under your belt. What's it like uh, performing on these big events in the WWE? Oh, they're great. I mean, uh, the big four, I mean, that's what everybody looks forward to, especially SummerSlam. It's a, it's the biggest party of the summer. I mean, we're here in Toronto for four shows, with starting with the NXT TakeOver Saturday, SummerSlam on Sunday, Raw on Monday, and SmackDown on Tuesday. And not even that, like last night, WWE invaded uh, the Rogers Center. Uh, uh, I threw out the ceremonial first pitch for the Blue Jays versus the Yankees last night, kind of a WWE fan night at uh, the Rogers Center. Had a really good turnout. So, man, Toronto is on fire. Just The fans are just excited for us be here and we're excited to be here and perform for you guys. And you know, you threw out the first pitch like you mentioned. How was that? Because obviously that ball got those hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, luckily I threw a strike right down the middle. You know, uh, it's been a while. I used to play ball when I was younger, but I don't get out and throw or hit or do too much. I was trying to con the Jays and let me take some bad breaths, but they didn't let me. I think they were worried I was going to show up Guerrero Jr. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fun experience. I mean, uh, it's a great opportunity to, to get out there and, 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 and get my face in front of people that necessarily don't get to see it. I'm bridging the gap with WWE, MLB. I've got a lot of friends that play in MLB and meeting more every time I get to do these events. So it's really cool doing the things that WWE does. Last year, uh, you were very close to the Universal Championship. Yep. When we can see you with that belt? I'm dying to get back into the race with that thing. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar bring to the table this week. And I'm sure it's going to be heavy and hard-hitting like it always is. But uh, whoever comes out victorious on the back end of that, uh, keep an eye out. Uh, the monster's ready. And as soon as they give me the, the green light, uh, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> being, being from the southern part of the U.S., it must be a big attraction. And, you know, big men from from, from the south and, yeah. and and representing. How does that that mean when you go travel outside outside the U.S.? Oh man, for me traveling is one. It's 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 tough. Traveling's tough. Getting shoved in a tiny airplane eight days a week. I feel like sometimes, but uh, it's really funny a lot of the times going to the other countries and stuff where. People aren't used to seeing large human beings like me, and I come walking out of the airport, and it's just open mouths and open eyes just staring as I walk through, and uh, it's it's kind of surreal. Um, the feeling, because I feel like in America, people are kind of numb to it and accustomed, or they've seen me before, they know who I am, and like a lot of these places, they don't, they have no clue what I am, who I am, what I do, and just to see the sheer size of me, it's just, it's, 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 it's pretty funny to watch, I, I enjoy that, it's one of my favorite things of, about traveling, is just walking around in public and watching people's reactions to me. Yeah, one of the things that uh, we saw was when, when you guys went to Japan, you Japan, and there were pictures of you with some of the newscasters down there. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, pretty damn funny. Yeah, I had Japan, uh, to when we were just over in Japan this last time in Tokyo, it was the first time I got to go to Tokyo. It was really cool. I'd uh, walk it around, and like you said, yeah, I got to go out and experience some of the Tokyo nightlife in Rapungi, and then uh, went to the world-famous Ribera Steakhouse, and I ate three Akibono steaks there that <laughs> night. And that's another thing. I like to eat, and that's uh, always fun when I order a ridiculous amount of food, just from seeing the waiter, and the, like, the, the, even the chef like stick his head out of the back of the kitchen going like, who is ordering all this food? So, yeah, it's always, the, the shock and all the value is always there with me. <laughs> I come from Italy, and uh, in Italy, 
had a, a great success, your storyline with Alexa Bliss in the mix of the match challenge. Yeah. Did, uh, did you like that? Oh uh, yeah, it was it was really cool opportunity for for so long. Everything has just been monster, monster, monster. All you ever saw was Braun the monster, and it was the first chance that we got to branch out and, and you see more of the character, more of his soft side. Because obviously, you can tell on the show that Braun had a soft spot for Alexa Bliss and kind of vice versa and it worked really well I really enjoy working with Alexa she's an unbelievably talented young lady and uh, it just there's just something there we have a, a natural chemistry when the camera's on that we just click and everything just vibes and we have fun while we're doing it and I enjoy working with you so I always look forward to it yeah thank you good all right Just a minute to see the the globe and that's one reason why uh, obviously with, with promos that's, uh, that's something that's that's language specific but with the action uh, and the wrestling that's something that you can understand and appreciate across any language uh, there's that and I think uh, what we're able to do with where sports isn't always able to do is to tell a story and have a narrative that's able to extend uh, from week to week to week uh, and that's something that you know obviously We don't always nail it, and we, we always strive to. But when you when you tell a great story, when you tell a story like what Kofi was able to do uh, beginning of this year into WrestleMania, that to me is so compelling. Um, you know, the fact that we got people sending videos of themselves crying when he when he won the title. You know what I mean? That that's something that really grabs your attention. Someone uh, being having every barrier possible put in their way and somehow finding a way to break through those barriers, I think is something that people all across the globe understand. So I think that's what we're able to do. When we do that well, it's tremendous and really grabs people's attention uh, and is really captivating. Last time, uh, many rumors uh, speak about a uh, uh, possible target deal uh, on the Coffee Kingston. How do you think it's possible? Absurd. It's absurd. We've told people, and in fact, I sent a tweet many years ago that we have purchased burial plots together. All three of us, when we die, we will be buried together. We will be entombed together. Maybe in the same casket. Maybe just shove all our bodies in the same casket. But the new day is forever. There are no plans, zero, to ever break up. The new day will go on forever and ever. And ever. <laughs> Which is the stronger stable? The OC. See, first of all, AJ left them by themselves for years so he can go on to his own superstardom. He left them. You think they're a strong stable? They just got back together. And they're doing some great things, don't get me wrong. Gallows and Anderson are incredible athletes. Obviously, we've been in the ring with them many times, and they always push us to the limit. But as far as strength of their bond, that, that unity, there is none. Because AJ said, you know what? I don't need y'all. I'm gonna go win all these world titles and let y'all fend for yourselves. They just came back together. Sorry, in case you know there was a reason we interrupted. My man Joe Quinn brought me some some egg bites. That's why I exclaimed. Not pancakes. They are not pancakes. They should be. They should be though. They should be. But anyways, the OC, very talented, but their bond, ha! I laugh. I laugh. Because there is no bond greater than the bond of the new world. Uh, all these years now you've been together, obviously nobody thinks you're gonna break up. What's it been like this journey from start to where you guys are now? Like, what do you think? That's It's been incredible. Um, the fact that we were, realistically, we were three guys five years ago. We were three guys who were just trying to get on TV. We were three guys who were all kind of floundering in our careers. We all felt like we were very talented, but we didn't really have an opportunity to express our talent. And the three of us came together, and initially, it was horrible. 
the idea that we came out with, people did not gravitate to. They yelled us, they yelled at us that we sucked. They chanted, New Day sucks. And we're just three guys, three good-hearted men trying to come here together to entertain you. People talk about all these underutilized talent. Well, we're underutilized talent. We're not being utilized and we're here trying to give you something and you're gonna chant loudly that we suck. So there were some very rocky beginnings, extremely rocky, but we were able to push through that, mostly because we had a, a will that we would not be denied. We had a desire to do something that people would remember for a very long time. And I think it's a testament to our talent. I think it's a testament to uh, this is very corny, but that never say die, never quit, because it's very real. I, I figured if this doesn't work, I may not be here. I might be fired. I might be doing something, you know what I mean? Like, I might be sent back down to NXT or just fired altogether. So this was like, we really have that make or break mentality that we have to make this work and we're gonna pour our all into it. You know, we didn't just show up to work. And we work a lot, we're on the road a lot, but on the days off when we're home, we're sitting here emailing each other, texting each other ideas. Uh, we would go out like we, this was something that we, the new day was something that we were consumed with and we were obsessed with making it work. And I think that's the reason why we're still a thing five years later. And you know, Tank Team Champ right now, the New Day now, yes. at this generation, a lot of people are looking up to you guys, like maybe other generations are looked up to Harlem Heat and other guys. So what does it mean to you that so many uh, today's youth are looking up to you? Yeah, man, we want to, obviously our goal is to entertain people of all races, creeds, uh, everything. But for us, we also take, uh, there's no shame uh, at all in, in saying that we take a certain pride and also representing people who look like us. The fact that uh, black and brown kids can, can see someone who's successful in our industry that resembles them, I think it's something that we're very proud of uh, as well. So uh, it's cool to be there. You know, we wanted to break out the box of, of being something that's uh, stereotypical as well. You know, we're all a little weird and we like uh, things like video games or anime. We have different interests. So uh, just kind of we wanted to tell the youth, the children, that you can be yourself, that you can express yourself in many ways. Like one of my good friends plays for the Green Bay Packers. I'm sorry, he plays for the Lions now. He actually played for the Packers for a long time. Just ended up with the Lions. But he's enormous. He's uh, Mike Daniels. He's 300 pounds. Uh, and he's very successful in the NFL. But he's also a nerd. So it's, you know, he likes anime and Dragon Ball Z. And he loves cosplaying. So we want to show people, like, you can do those nerdy things, but also be an athlete at the very highest level. So that's kind of like the message as well, is, is uh, being yourself as trite and as corny as that can be. I think there's an important message there that you can be unique and weird uh, and also have these different interests and, and just like, be, feel free to express yourself as you are.